Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host, along with our show intern, Ava Pratt. And Ava will be conducting the show interview today. Hey, Ava, who's our special guest? Our guest today is Morgan Anderson, our new Eastern Region U.S. Vice President. We will be looking at Morgan's history of involvement in the FFA program and rise to her new National Officer position. Morgan, Let's... welcome to the show. This is very exciting. And for you to be just elected, we appreciate your time and your talent coming on the show. We always like to begin with some fun facts about you. So what are your family roots? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank, thank you both for having me. I'm very excited. Uh, this is actually my first thing I've done as the, the vice president. So thanks for having me. Uh, so my family roots. So I'm from Amanda, Ohio. So I'm just 45 minutes southeast of Columbus, Ohio. So I kind of bounce between like Appalachian, southeast Ohio, and then like the, the, you know, capital of Ohio itself. So it makes for a really interesting ag background. Um, but Amanda, Ohio is home in Fairfield County, and I've been here my whole life. Um, but you know, this next year, I'm gonna have to kind of step away from home. So that'll be definitely interesting. Yeah. So what did you grow up in any type of ag setting? Mm -hmm. I did. So like I said, Ava, I grew up just bouncing between Appalachian, Ohio, as well as the capital of Columbus, you know, being in Fairfield County it makes for a really interesting location just off the highway. Uh, so my family, uh, specifically my extended family, we had a fifth generation organic dairy out here in Amanda, the Duncan dairy. Um, and so my mom grew up with that her whole life. And then her brother took the reins on that. And so I grew up on the farm. Uh, I wasn't super involved with it myself, just because my uncle took care of that mostly. But I always grew up being surrounded by it. And then up until a few years ago, uh, we did have to close the dairy just because of recent events with the industry itself. And that got switched over to uh, a beef enterprise. Uh, but for my household specifically, you know, I've always had a small poultry production. And so that's been something that I took a lot of pride and joy in growing up. And so, you know, always been surrounded by agriculture. I've been involved in a, a little bit of different ways. And um, I definitely, you know, really treasure those experiences. Yeah. So in your early youth, what were some of your favorite hobbies, maybe with the farm, without the farm? When I was little and we lived on the family farm, because I moved once I got into high school, just, just down the highway. Um, but when I lived on the family farm, <laughs> my brother, sister, and I, I guess you could call this a hobby. We always loved watering the cattle uh, from our front yard. It's something about, I just remember being like seven, eight years old and just being so excited to put the hose in the water troughs. <laughs> it's silly, but it was something I really loved to do and just seeing all the cows come because they're kind of like dogs if you think about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that was something I always loved growing up. And then my chickens are still a hobby to this day. I also have ducks too. I think they're so much fun. Uh, you know, we're not very strategic with our poultry, but because uh, <laughs> they're more of just a hobby. But whenever we get the the um, poultry catalog, we just pick the silliest looking birds we can find. <laughs> and so if you ever get a chance to come to Amanda, Ohio, and you see a bunch of weird birds walking around, they're probably mine. So that's <laughs> that's one of my hobbies. And then but aside from that, um, I really love to go hiking. That's something I always did with my dad and my brother and sister growing up because, you know, I live it near 
Appalachian, Ohio. And so I got the hockey hills. I have beautiful state parks around me. And then I also love to read. Um, my nose is usually in a book if I have the time. And um, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I, I feel like between those things, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a lot of fun. So uh, where did you go to high school? What was your high school's name? Mm-hmm. So uh, I live in Amanda, Ohio, and I went to Amanda Clear Creek High School. So I went there all four years. I didn't grow up in the school district my whole life, though. Um, I actually lived in the city. So Lancaster, Ohio is right next to Amanda, and that's like our city, I guess. Um, and so I went to primary school in Lancaster. And then when I was about eight years old, we moved over to the Amanda School District. Okay. So aside from FFA, what did you participate in in high school? To be honest, Ava, I did a <laughs> I did a whole breadth of things. Now, if did all of them have as much depth as FFA? Probably not. And I, I wasn't as good as other things. Uh, one of which being soccer. I was a soccer player. I started playing in eighth grade uh, and I played all four years of high school. I was not good at all. I rode the bench even as a senior in high school and I loved every minute of it <laughs> because you don't have to be good at riding the bench to be good at it. You just have no. to be there. No. And that's already good enough. If you just sit there, smile and have a good attitude, like you're already doing pretty darn good. Right. So so- I was- Exactly. So I I was a soccer player. um, And that was like my main sport. I played indoor and outdoor. Um, It was kind of fun. My dad, my stepdad is the the boys soccer coach at Amanda. And I was a girl soccer player. And so that was always fun having, you know, a parent um, along that for me. Uh, I did soccer, uh, National Honor Society, loved planning for prom. That was really fun. Uh, Science club gosh, what else? Like class officer, student council. Um, oh gosh, we, <laughs> we have this, the show, it's really a festival, but you got to call it a show. Mm-hmm. And it's the town right next to us, Circleville, Ohio. And we have a Circleville, Circleville pumpkin show. Yes. And, yeah. Oh yeah. It's these people, they love it. And I get, I love it too. Don't get me wrong. Um, and so I, I competed in the pageant for that when I was a junior in high school and I was the queen for two years because of COVID. And that was a very eye-opening experience. That was, I had a great time, but I don't think pageants are for me. So, but that was really fun. Um, Sprinkle some other things in there that I'm probably forgetting, but I, I did a little bit of everything. Now, whether or not I did a lot with it, that's a different story, but. But you did it. You got a lot of experience from that too, <laughs> I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you graduated from high school, what happened? What career plan did you follow? Right. So um, I graduated high school and um, <clears throat> I chose to go just down the highway from me um, to Athens, Ohio, which is in Appalachian, Ohio, right past Talking Hills. And I go to Ohio University. And so I am a junior in college on my third year. I study broadcast journalism and I have a minor in marketing. And then just for fun, I have a certificate in social media because why not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I, I've had a really good time. Like, uh, I love where my school is located. It's really special to me. It's it's beautiful. And I study in the EW Scripps School of Journalism. And that has just been a one of a kind experience. Um, I really couldn't have asked for anything better there. That's good. All right. So let's get into all things FFA. Uh, How did you first get involved? So 
Ava, my whole thing with FFA is I firmly believe, I think, I think people join people. I don't think people join organizations, right? Uh, I'm a first gen FFA member. And so when I saw the opportunity to join an agricultural education course, when I was an eighth grader signing up for my freshman year classes, I'm going to be totally frank. I did not look at that and say, I really want to study agricultural education as a freshman. No, I saw really awesome people that studied agricultural education and, you know, did really cool things. And I saw how it changed them. And I was like, well, I want to join those people and I want to be like those people. And I found a love for Agate along the way, too. But um, that was kind of what did it for me. I remember the chapter officers. It's It's a simple story, to be honest. The chapter officers came down on my eighth grade recruitment day. And I was like, they seem pretty cool. I guess I want to do that too. And before you know it, I was sitting in ag food and natural resources um, that that fall later that fall. So it's been a long time coming since. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of the like how people get involved in the first place is they see the older members too. Because I've heard that from our FFA chapter, so mm-hmm. it's it's really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> When did you first realize you wanted to be an officer? Mm-hmm. So at Amanda Clear Creek, um, our FFA chapter, in, in kind of a more informal way, it's not a, a, like a formal position, I guess. Like well, it is, but like not really. Like you're technically not on the team, but you are. Um, when you're um, an underclassman and you don't even have to be an underclassman, you can apply to be an assistant chapter officer. And I remember it was the end of my freshman year of high school and I really liked FFA and I really liked my time in agricultural education thus far. And I was like, you know what? I want to ramp this up a little bit. Let's see what I can do next. And so I applied to be a chapter officer at the end of my freshman year. And then I was selected to be the assistant secretary. And so my sophomore year of high school, um, I was the assistant secretary and I helped out our secretary because as you know, secretaries do a lot. They do. (laughs) Yes, they do. And so I helped out um, her with her stuff. And then by the end of my sophomore year, I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. And I applied for a formal chapter officer position. I actually applied to be the secretary and I did not get it. I actually ended up becoming the treasurer. And I'm a journalism major, Ava. So I don't need uh, to paint this picture too clearly here because I think it's obvious. Right. Numbers ain't my thing, but I made it work. I did well. <laughs> That's all that matters. Exactly. We did not get audited. <laughs> we're good so um did you were you an officer your senior year yes so end of my freshman year for my entire sophomore year assistant secretary end of sophomore year to my end of junior year I was the treasurer and then um this was right before COVID happened so this was kind of crazy end of my junior year which would have been uh our officer elections were in February of 2020 if we can all remember this time oh yeah uh, Oh, yeah. I ran for chapter president. I got that. And I did that all the way up until I um, handed it off my senior year. So I was the president during COVID, which was wild. And you know that, too. So, Yeah. Yeah. That whole COVID thing. That was a lot. Oh, yeah. And to be an officer or even just a member during that time. Yeah. We had, I mean, we had a lot of people it was hard to get people to come to things because of it, because it was so, you know, all the rules and all that. But mm-hmm. we made it work. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So what made you certain you wanted to be a state officer? Mm-hmm. So 
So Ava, like I said, like I, I'm a first gen FFA member and you know, my school had had plenty of state officers before me, but that wasn't really what did it for me because um, like, I don't know. It, it just, I didn't look at that and say, Oh, I want to do that for me. I think there's something really cool about FFA and um, getting to study agriculture because as young people, you learn very quickly, very on your place in the world, right? Whether that's a part of infrastructure within our food system, whether that's as a student in a greater organization, or even just as, um, you know, an FFA member being a part of something that goes national. And you learn really quickly that you are a small piece of the puzzle that makes a bigger one that plays into the world. And so I think when I was running, um, when I was a senior in high school, I remember I was applying to colleges at the time. And I remember submitting my applications, you know, and I was like, maybe I want to run for state office. Like I could see myself doing this when I'm in college. You know, I, um, I'm the first one in my family to go to college in more of a traditional route, just like, you know, living in the dorms, going for four years, going in person. And I was like, I don't know if I want this FFA stuff to end, but I also want to really see what it looks like to be just a piece of the puzzle and see how I can help other people see that they're a piece of this puzzle too. And I think that's what really motivated me. And I know that's a really nuanced answer because honestly, I think my why is, it, it's pretty abstract to be honest, but I just saw what it did for me. And I saw that kind of intellectual thought that it planted in me. And, you know, it's like, well, can I meet other members and can I get this going for them at an earlier age? And uh, maybe if, if their school FFA really isn't that popular, can I come in and can I just plant a seed of thought there? And so that's kind of what did it for me. And so I was elected in um, 2021 at the end of my senior year of high school, virtually. So it's not glamorous at all. And I was a state officer my freshman year of college. And that I look at that year and it was it's very special to me because I'm very proud of how I did that. Oh, yeah. I honestly <laughs> couldn't imagine with being a freshman. <laughs> I applaud you so much. <laughs> so is it kind of? same reason for your national office like what drove you to want to be there I'll be honest I think my why as I was a state officer um, I think I gained a lot more clarity because again as a young person FFA does a really great job of planting that seed of intellectual thought that maybe other people your age doesn't have and so when I was a freshman in college and Ava you can probably attest to this too uh, you learned very quickly that uh, your experiences in FFA and agriculture education, they, they heighten your maturity before you even get there. They make you very well-mannered. You aren't nervous to talk in front of a crowd. You can introduce yourself to someone who's making nervous. And it's those little things uh, that really were, they just became so obvious when I was a freshman in college. And so it was really cool to be like, man, FFA and ag ed, it really, it, it's really doing something. Like if, yeah. if not me, definitely someone else. And so I remember, um, you know, I finished my state officer year and then I took a year of a break just to kind of like, what am I like without FFA? Am I only doing this so I can have that structure or do I truly have this purpose and passion? And I did have this purpose and passion because I found myself wanting to help out in ways that had nothing to do with me and everything to do with someone else. And that's a really honest answer, but I just wanted to reality check myself with that. And so um, in the spring of 2023 so again this is a, a after a year of not doing anything in FFA 
I decided that I really want to help people see what I'm seeing, feel what I feel. And that's why I ran for national office, right? How can, you know, people feel that moment of I belong here. There is something for me. Even if nothing has ever shown them that they belong here, I promise that FFA and Ag Ed can be that place. And so to make a long story short, that was why I ran for national office. Yeah. So I guess what were the most meaningful things that happened to you as an officer in high school that kind of pushed you further to go for those bigger positions? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember someone when I was in high school, it was when I was an underclassman, I believe, or maybe a junior in high school, I can't recall. Uh, they said that leadership is less about a position and more about a disposition. And that has stuck with me ever since because Ava, I told you all those things I was involved in in high school. And I said that they didn't have a lot of depth and it's because I was doing them for the position. Honestly, I'm being totally honest. I I look at them in hindsight. I'm like, did I really need to be science club, whatever, or national honor society, whatever? Probably not because I knew I, I knew where my passions were. And quite frankly, it was not in science club. And, and in those moments, I look at that. I'm like, Morgan, you were really just doing that for the position. And I look at my time in FFA and I'm like, I see where it's a nine day difference because I was not doing it for the title there. I did not want to be the assistant secretary because that's one that's a lot of grunt work. But I wanted to be it because I wanted to just help out. And I just really wanted to help someone make their their role a little bit easier. And honestly, that theme of just having like a deeper meaning behind everything I ran for in high school, it really stuck out to me. Um, I remember when I was chapter president, uh, like I said, Ava, that was during COVID. And so I spent majority of my time as the president sitting on Zoom calls like this at my kitchen table. And that was not glamorous. It's not cool. But I felt I felt good because I knew that I had to lead by example in that moment. And if I thought, you know, our chapter get togethers over Zoom were really cool and fun, then maybe other people would think that too. And so I would say my president year really showed me that leadership is not flashy. Leadership is not glamorous. Leadership is also not about your title because quite frankly, I don't know if other people that ran for chapter president I don't know if they would have wanted to do it if they had to see what I had to do. And that's totally okay. But it really showed me early on that be selective in what you want to put your time into in life. Because what you put your time into is how you spend your life. And that's really important. And so while I can't narrow it down to specific moments, because I think everything's cumulative, I learned very quickly that if you you want to go for something, you better have a darn good deep-seated purpose for it. And, you know, I I think that's something that's really carried me through and allowed me to have a lot of longevity, um, even six years after, you know, FFA. Right. Okay, so right now, it's time to salute all of our outstanding show sponsors, the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, Franklin Counties, Yudsee Farms Market of Plain City, Ohio, the Marysville, Ohio branch of the Middlefield Banking Company, the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer, Dublin, Ohio office, and Nationwide Children's Close to Home Urgent Care. You'll find great products and services at all of our show sponsors. Okay, so now let's get into your newly elected role. 
Um, let's learn about all the things that you're going to do. So you've now been Eastern U.S. Vice President for just a couple weeks. Um, mm -hmm. What was the most challenging thing about the election process? Ah, uh, can I say everything? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I almost wish anyone could go through that process because I think whether you come out of it as a national officer or not, you come out of it way better than you were before. I mean, the amount of just poise and um, like, I don't even know, like the skill I gained from it. I became so much smarter. Like it, it sounds crazy, but it's such a thorough process. And I think it's so good for that reason. Cause one, it ensures that the six that you elect are going to be pretty good. But two, right. it, it makes sure that like granted for this year's um, class of national officer candidates, we had 35. I can attest <clears throat> excuse me, that these 35, they are good. They are solid because this process really puts you through the ringer to make sure you know your stuff and you know how to talk about it. So I would have to say the hardest part <clears throat> because the process can be challenging in some ways and everyone has their own, you know, strengths and weaknesses to it. For me, overarchingly, um, my most challenging part was making sure that I was being confident. And it sounds really silly, but you know, you really run this race at your own pace and you do it by yourself too. So while I had a lot of help along the way, and I'm so thankful for the people that have helped me. Uh, at the end of the day, it's only you in that room and it's only you that can come up with the ideas and it's only you that has a brain to, you know, put to the prompt. And so I had to work really hard to just make myself feel confident because if you feel good, you're going to do good. And so it's kind of twofold because being Ohio's candidate, I knew I had all of Ohio on my back and I wanted to represent them very well. And that made me very nervous because I love where we're from. I I love Ohio so much. It sounds so silly, but FFA is so cool because you see this national scope and I, I think it's so cool, but it makes you appreciate where you're from too. And so I was like, I just want to represent us so well because there are so many awesome people in our state and I just want to be a face for them and I want to represent them well. And so that made me so nervous. And I think it really hindered my confidence. But at the same time, it, it's twofold because I have a really awesome state and I have really awesome people. And I know they're supporting me and I know they care about me. And I know that they think my best is good enough. And so I had to really make sure that I was looking at it from the latter is that these people, yes, they're on, I'm representing them and I want to make sure I do a good job but they're going to love me no matter what they support me no matter what. And they care about me and they're going to be proud of me. And so that was something every morning, every night before I went to bed, I was just always trying to, you know, I would read my Bible and I would read some notes that really stood out to me that I've received over this process. And I just really try to like hype myself up, reaffirm myself. Like we can do this. We got this. We're confident. We're good. And so that was very challenging because it's a very lonely process. So you really got to learn like, okay, what do I need to feel my best? Yeah. I, I really couldn't imagine, honestly, <laughs> way, like the way I imagine the election process going, I, I don't know. You are amazing for doing it. I think you're <laughs> awesome right now because I don't know if I could do it. I mean, it seems like a lot. It, it's definitely a lot, but Ava, I do think you could do it. I will be totally honest. 
it is really hard to not compare yourself to someone's finished product with your start line. And I, I still catch myself doing it now. Like I remember I was sitting in one of the sessions and I looked at the officers on stage um, and I was like, I, I don't even know how to give a keynote. I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know how to do that yet. And I remember looking at that, I'm like, am I ever going to be able to do that? And I'm, I have to catch myself because I'm like, that's not practical. <laughs> you have a, a year for a reason. I don't take a gap year for no reason. And so that's when I really get to learn like, okay, that's their finished product. This is my beginning. I'll get there. It's going to look a little different, but I'll get there. And so I don't know. It's a very humbling process. So that is yeah. for sure. So going along with you know, you sitting in the crowd and watching those national officers from last year, what other takeaways did you gain from them and the convention as a whole? Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, like uh, one takeaway I got, don't compare someone's finished product to your beginning because that's just not practical. It's not fair to yourself. It's not fair to them. It's, it's just not good for anyone. And that was a big thing. I was like, you know, if I am elected and I do get to do this, like, I'm not going to be able to do that right away. And that's okay. Because in what world can you do things right away naturally, right? We're human. We have to learn things over time. Um, so that was a big one I took away. And then also, I remember seeing the National Officer Nominating Committee get presented on stage. They're the nine students that are around my age, and they select the team of six. And essentially, they selected me, which is a really surreal feeling that out of 35 people, they looked at me and were like, ah, oh, yes, we want her. I don't know. That's a weird feeling. And seeing them on stage, it was just like, all of a sudden, I, I almost felt just at peace. Because it's like, if I don't get this... It's, it's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. I had great things going on for me at school. I still do. They'll be there when I get back. And I had just this enormous amount of peace when I saw them on stage. I'm like, you know what? If I don't get this. I have so much more going on at home. It wasn't meant for me. And that's okay. And also, it's nine people's opinions in a given week. Just right. because nine people didn't want you there in that given week does not mean there are not millions of other people in this world that would want you every single day. And so that was a just kind of a comforting feeling is knowing that, you know, if they don't pick me, it's not because I'm not good enough. And it's not because I'm not smart enough. It just I just wasn't their cup of tea for that week. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, so that that was interesting. And then also, I remember I before every session, there's uh, the delegate floor. They'll do some like dance stuff and just some like hype up music and whatnot. And like students will come down and hang out. And well, my seat as a candidate was in the very front row. And I remember I saw a few members from the upper Sandusky FFA chapter, specifically my friend Leah. And yes, yes we love Leah. And I saw Leah and Ava, you know, like you just see Leah and you're like, oh, life is good. I'm good. I'm going to yes. be okay. Yeah, Leah's the best. And so I remember seeing her on that floor right before that session. And I was so nervous, Ava, before that session. It was awful. I could have peed my pants a million times over. I'll be honest. And I remember seeing her and she just had the biggest hug for me. And they were so sweet. And they just made me feel so much better. And again, that twofold of I'm representing Ohio and I want to do good. But I'm representing Ohio and they care about me. And that yeah. was a really sweet moment. And that just made me feel so much better. And so shout out to Leah because we love Leah. And <laughs> she, she just made me feel so much better. Yeah. So being a national officer, what are some of your duties as the Eastern Region Vice President? 
<laughs> it looks like a little bit different. Uh, excuse me, a little bit of everything, to be quite honest. And I'm still learning myself because I'm kind of in this in-between period right now where, you know, I got to finish up all my loose ends at school and at home before I'll go back in December and kind of learn more about my role. But so far from my understanding, and it, it'll kind of sh take shape as the year goes on. Um, <clears throat> at my core, I will be traveling a lot, both uh, abroad and within the United States. So I will be visiting with a bunch of different states. I'm going to do chapter visits. I'm going to be a keynote speaker at state conventions. I'm going to FFA camps, just have fun. Um, I'm going to leadership nights. I mean, you name it, I'll be doing that. I'll also be working alongside the state officers for every single state by organizing the annual state officer summit in Washington, D.C. I'll help facilitate and create little bits and pieces of the state officer summit. So that way, when we have all of them there, um, it can be a really sound experience for them. And then also, uh, of course, I'll be helping to put on the 97th National FFA Convention Expo. So crazy. Oh, my goodness. Again, this is where we can't compare our beginning product to someone's finished. Uh, so that is really weird to think that the next time I'll be in Indianapolis, Indiana at Lucas Oil Stadium will be to retire. That's really crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but for what's coming down the pipeline soon enough, like I said, in December, I'm going back to our headquarters, 6060 FFA Drive in Indy, um, to do some training and some onboarding. And then I'll go home for the holidays, come back in January, and I really take full force then. Um, mm -hmm. Working with students, learning how to, you know, what do I want my messaging to be for the year, whatnot. And then in February, I'm really excited for this. We're going to visit with FFJ, Future Farmers of Japan. Oh, we're going to Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to that in February. I'm very excited. And I'm that's so really interested. Cool. Yeah. So that will be really cool. Um, so like I said, a whole breadth of things, a lot of depth to those things, too. And I'm still learning what they're going to look like along the way. But that's what's on my plate right now that I'm very excited for. Oh, actually, I just remember this. On Monday, I'm going to the White House turkey pardoning. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm actually talking to the CEO. I'm talking to CEO Joel uh, tomorrow with the show. I've done shows with him before, so we, we yeah. can tell you the whole. You'll learn all the tradition and the whole history of it. It's a it's a great experience. Oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> you have to fill me in, Pete, because I'm going Monday morning and I'm flying back right after. And it was a last-minute thing. I just submitted my RSVP to the White House. You want to talk about imposter syndrome right now? I mean, I totally do not feel qualified <laughs> to be doing any of this right now. But I am excited, and I'm going to do my best because this is insane. That is really, really cool. Yeah, I I cannot believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what were some of your biggest challenges? that kind of come to you after stepping into this position? Again, I mentioned the don't compare your beginning to someone's finished product. That is so true. I think it's it really is. true. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I feel that not even just as a national officer, I feel that as a 20 year old girl, I feel that as a college student, I feel that as a daughter, I feel that in every capacity. But I think as a national officer, it's a little more in your face, right? 
Yeah. Um, you see the people before you who've done a good job and you want to do that. But off the get go, I am not capable of doing that just yet. So that's been one of my biggest challenges. Um, and then also, I am so excited. Do not get me wrong, Ava. Do not get me wrong at all. But I'm very nervous. I'm mm-hmm. very, very nervous. Um, I'm not a homebody, but for some reason, I'm really nervous about being gone a lot. And I you know, and that's okay, right? I'm 20. I just flew on a plane for the first time by myself two months ago. So, you know, yeah. that's good. That's going to happen. But I'm really nervous. But I think I heard once whether or not it's true, that apparently like the nerves or something in your brain for nervousness and excitement are the same. It's just how you interpret them. That's probably not true. But I'm going to tell myself it is. So yes. if I'm really nervous, it just means I care. And it means I'm excited too. So I would say those two biggest yeah. challenges by far. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to, I mean, obviously you're in college and, you know, you were living on campus. So that was weird to even be away from home. But now, I mean, you're going to be gone a lot. So it, that makes sense that you're nervous about being away from everybody. Absolutely. And I was in my college town yesterday. I have a townhouse down there with some of my roommates. And I <laughs> get kind of nostalgic. I was like, oh, I don't know the next time I'll be back here. And it's weird and it's exciting, but it's honestly really weird. And it's hard knowing that I won't graduate with some of my friends. I'm going to graduate a year later, which in the grand scheme of life is not a big deal. Pete's probably laughing at me because it's really not a big deal. (laughs) Um, But it's just really weird because a lot of the things, like I said, I took that kind of break from FFA and it's kind of weird to come back and it's going to be full go metal to the pedal or pedal to the metal. That's okay. Yeah, I knew something. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm definitely in a weird in between right now and I'm figuring out, you know, we're going to be good. Home looks different. Home doesn't have to be a place. Uh, comfort zones don't exist. And, and so, you know, taking it day by day, that's absolutely what I'm doing. Oh yeah, for sure. So what are some of your goals that you intend to reach this year? Number one, um, I really want to finish my year feeling content. Mm -hmm. I struggle with contentment, just being satisfied with myself and how I did. Um, Was it enough? Am I enough? I want to be able to answer those questions that I feel like a lot of young people ask themselves at the end of the year and be like, you did a good job, Morgan you should be proud of yourself. And so that is probably my biggest goal. You know, I want to be satisfied. I want to be truly satisfied. Um, Second, I really want my year to align with my purpose because Ava, I mentioned, I don't think people join organizations. I think people join people. And I think one of the awesomest parts of FFA, agriculture, career technical education, you name it, is it gives people a sense of passion and purpose. I love SSA, but the reason I'm a national officer is not for the title and it's not for whatever I'm going to be doing this whole next year. It's because I have a deep-seated purpose in me that I care about and I have so much passion for and the Lord knows what outlets that purpose needs to be placed in. So if it was national office, awesome. If it wasn't, that's cool. It's going to be the next thing. And so I want my year of service to align with my purpose. And I think that's to love people, that's to serve people. How can I do that? And then third, I want to have some fun, right? If they're going to send me to Wyoming, let's have some fun. If they're going to send me to Oklahoma, let's do it, right? Like if you're going to send me to Japan, let's have fun. 
And, you know, people join people. Let's, let's have some fun. People are fun. And so I definitely want to be able to look at my year and start to be like, you know what? Proud of how I did. And I had a good time doing it too. Yeah. So um, what have you learned, obviously, throughout your involvement through all of your years, you know, from assistant secretary all the way up until <laughs> Eastern U.S. vice president? What were your biggest things that you like got out of it? Mm. So much. And Ava, you can attest to this. Like, there is so much SSA does for you. It doesn't matter how, how far you can technically take it. I mean, whether you're in it for one year, four years, six years, like it does not matter. It does so much. And it's kind of crazy because I look at freshman year Morgan, who was interviewing for the Creed contest and my face would get beat, beat red because I was so nervous. And all I did was ramble on about my chickens for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> and I, I look at that girl and I'm, I just wish I could give her a hug and say, you're going to be okay. Keep talking about your chickens, maybe do it a little less. You're mm-hmm. going to be okay. <laughs> and, you know, I've mentioned a few of those lessons throughout our conversation, but, you know, leadership is about your disposition, not your position. Purpose, it takes you very, very far and it'll take you exactly where it needs to go. I now fully believe and have full faith that something that is meant for you will not pass you by. That's why I had a lot of peace throughout this process, knowing that if I didn't get national office, that's okay. Like it just wasn't meant for me. And that is totally fine. And honestly, that's a lesson I just recently learned too. I don't think I learned that as a state officer. I think I learned that now. And, And that is a really just comforting lesson. And I think it really shows the maturity I've gained through my time in SSA. And, you know, If I think of one more, people are what drive the world. You know, tangibly, everyone in our world is connected by agriculture. But internally, and in a more abstract sense, it's the heart that people bring to wherever they go. Whether that's agriculture, whether that's how they advocate for agriculture, you know, whatever that looks like, we are connected by agriculture and people are connected to each other by the heart they bring to a table. And I think life, you will never go wrong as long as you show up and give your best heart that you have. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do right now. That's what I'm going to try to do tomorrow. I try to do it with my family, at school, national office, you name it. I think just heart you bring is really, really important. Right. I completely agree. You have a lot of good, like, <laughs> metaphors. I, I love it. <laughs> do you tell I'm a journalism junkie? <laughs> yeah. Um, in your opinion, why should students become FFA members? Oh, my goodness. In my opinion? Whew, yeah. Um, Lots of reasons, huh? Yeah. I know. I'm like, You've already so articulated different- several of them already in terms of what it's done for you, what you've learned and grown, <laughs> you know professionally and, and cultivating your leadership skills and also career path type skills too. It's probably all in. It's probably a little bit different for everybody that participates, but it's such a growth, overall growth experience. Pete, you are so right on. And there, you know, okay, Ava, let me, let me paint this a little bit because here's why I think my perspective on ag ed, for me, it, it, it's very grounded um, because what I do is when I think of why students should join FFA members, I think of me and my siblings. So I have two siblings. I'm the oldest. Um, 
I am your classic perfectionist, like straight straight edge older sister, you know, like follow the rules, right? Yeah, you get the good grades, you do all the things, you pull out all the stops, whatnot, you know. Um, And then you have my my middle uh, sibling, which is my sister. She's just two years younger than me. Uh, She's super cool. She's everything that I am not truly. She's she's funny. She's well-timed very smart she's so much smarter than me like I said everywhere where I am not you know the best she is way better she is so cool but she's also the middle kid so you know it comes Mm -hmm. with all the things there and then I think of my younger brother who is four years younger than me 16 and he drives a Ford Ranger pickup truck and he you know he loves to fix things and whatnot and he's very hands-on your classic farm boy and I think of the three of us right you have your your classic you know straight edge honor student and then you have your you know your cool girl you know cool style wants to save the planet and then you have your classic farm boy yep and I think each of those different types of people all had a completely different time in FFA and agricultural education and while my sister's finishing hers and I'm about to finish mine and my brother's just starting his I see why FFA ag ed and career technical education has been so valuable because while we're all so different FFA guarantees a tailored experience to each and every student. Whether you align with one of me and my siblings or you don't, whether you are just like me or you're the complete opposite, there is an experience that will be completely tailored to you. And it's really freaking cool. <laughs> I think that is so cool because it just kind of falls into your lap. It's 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 amazing. And it's something you cannot get anywhere else. And I think that's the beauty of FFA. Um, there's so much you can do in it. Pick your poison. It's all yours, you know. Right. Uh, agricultural, agricultural education and the agricultural industry, anything you can think of, it's in there. You you want to be in agricultural communications and broadcasting, you can do what you guys do. You want to be a hands-on on the farm, think of it. It's there. You know, if you want to work in IT, it's also there. Um, it, it's there. And career technical education is special because I think CTE shows students the importance of just one person. We need that just one person to enter this industry. We need that just one person to understand what we need in our world. You need just one to do something really cool. And that is what FFA does. So in short, FFA guarantees a tailored experience to every student. I see it with my siblings. I see it with you and I. I see it with all the students I have, you know, met. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay, last question. Um, what can we do as people who are not in an FFA chapter, you know, not really into it a lot, but still follow up with it? What can we do to help our national FFA and every other chapter there is? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> First, <clears throat> wherever you live or your local area what's really cool about ffa is to be an ffa alumni you don't actually have to ever be an ffa to begin with so i would join your local ffa alumni and supporters chapter so even if that's a school district you never even went to or were never part of the ffa chapter you can absolutely join and what's cool is we'll happily take you with open arms because if there is just one more person who sees the value in what we do that is so special so i would definitely get involved there second you know, I think about what I did last year as basically a non-participating member. 
find ways to help your local FFA chapter. FFA is grassroots because we start at the local level, knowing that nothing starts at the top if you don't start at the bottom. That's mm-hmm. the cool thing about our organization. So find your local chapter. How can you help out? Is it coaching a CBE team? Maybe if you have the financial capability, is it helping to donate to ease some financial burdens for students? Um, or maybe it's just, you know, being, um, you know, an excited attendee for their, you know, chapter hog roasts and you just pay five bucks to get in. Whatever that looks like, find your local chapter and how can you help the students there? And then third, you know, support your students with open arms. Uh, you know, again, whether or not you went to that school or were in that FFA chapter, if there's just one student that knows, oh, hey, Ava lives on this road. Like if we were to stop by and ask for her to buy some fruit, like she might mm-hmm. buy. And if not, she can give me someone else. Like, we need more people in the world that just have that genuine heart of kindness. And so whether or not you're connected to FFA, if you can just have that kind and open heart to those current students who are in FFA, it makes a world of a difference. Because I remember knocking on doors trying to sell fruit. And if I could have yeah. just had someone who was, you know, super kind and open and whether or not they could buy from me or not, you know, I always appreciated the kindness that came with that. It goes a long way. So those are just three ways to help out if you're not directly involved, but you want to support. But honestly, I would point people to the National FFA Organization website, FFA.org. You can find a whole plethora of opportunities there because it it can get really cool if you, if you really want to get into it. But those are just a few local ways to do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is all I have today. I am so glad that we got to talk and catch <laughs> up. And I am so proud of you for your new Aww. position. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> of course. I'm going to turn it over to Pete. So thank you so much. Thanks, Ava. Morgan, again, uh, just echoing what Ava just said for you. Uh, you did a great job today. Really, thank you so much for sharing your exciting story and really giving us a clear picture of what your involvement is going to be in your new Eastern Shore Vice President role with the FFA. Hey, we wish you much success and we'll look forward to touching base with you later on the year as you've uh, been in your role for several months. That'd be fun to kind of reflect of what you've gone through. So we look forward to touching base with you again uh, as well. And any special final message that you'd like to put out there that uh, a little bit more? You know, Pete, support your local FFA chapter. It all starts locally, and that is the only way you get students like Ava, myself, you name it. That's the only way you get people like us in the world is if you can support your local level. And so no matter if you're connected or not, find your local FFA chapter, support them, because those are the students that are our next generation. So I think that's a really surreal feeling. And it's a win-win situation for the students, <laughs> yeah. for the local communities as well. So just do it. Well, again, Morgan, thank you so much. Great job here today on the show. And as we wind down, a final acknowledgement of all of our show sponsors. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, a grassroots organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy, professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding member benefits. For more information, you can contact Melinda Lee, the organization director. That's mlee at ofbf.org, mlee at ofbf.org. Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio. It is your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses. And I tell you, they have over 30, I did say 30 types of cheeses, fresh deli meats, baked goods, and much more. And now's the perfect time to order all your holiday party trays and turkeys. Be sure to order online. 
They're located on Congress Hop Road off of Route 42 in Plain City. They're open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5. Utsi's Farm Market, it's worth the drive. The Marysville branch of the Middlefield Banking Company, offering great rates for ag, commercial, and residential projects combined with exceptional individualized customer service. Located on Coleman's Crossing in Marysville, Ohio, they're open Monday to Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Check them out today online and find them on Facebook. They are ready to serve you. Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer, Dublin, Ohio office. Choosing the right Medicare plan can be very confusing. Call Michelle today for a free initial consultation at 614-606-4222. That's 614-606-4222. Or you can email her at mmercer at healthmarkets.com. Health Markets Insurance is licensed in all states and D.C. Product availability varies and agents may be compensated for enrollment, but there is no obligation to do so. The Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, cultivating a future in which organic farmers thrive. Local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance our communities. Now's the perfect time to become a member, offering mega benefits, including organic certification, educational events led by experts, one-on-one technical support to grow and sustain your business. Contact them today at oeffa.org. That's oeffa.org. And Nationwide Children's Marysville Close to Home Center, dedicated to providing state-of-the-art medical support to adolescents' children 365 days a year. They're located on Coleman's Crossing in Marysville. You can find them online. Your patronage and support of all of our show sponsors makes a huge positive difference. Well, join us again for our next Ag Adventure on November 16th as we talk turkey with the National Turkey Federation President and CEO, Joel Brenberger. Follow us on Facebook at That's Agritastic for show details, important ag announcements, interesting ag stories, and so much more. Until the next time, this is Pete Emmons along with Ava Pratt saying, make it an aggregate day.